Gracious and holy God, we pray now that you would open up our ears that we might hear your voice, that you would open up our hearts that we might receive your Holy Spirit, and that you would open up our eyes that we might see Jesus. It is in his name that we pray, amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood before them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. And he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me. That these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds, that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It's Friday. And Jesus is hanging on a cross. The women who had been his faithful followers stood at a distance, bearing witness to the death of the author of life. It had all happened so quickly. I mean, just five days earlier on Palm Sunday, they had all been filled with such great hope as Jesus had ridden that donkey into Jerusalem, cheered on by the crowds who laid their cloaks down on the ground before him. They, 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 they felt so strongly that, that at last things were going to turn around, that, that everything would be different now after this, that, that their long, dark night of, of disappointment and heartbreak and suffering would finally be over because they truly believed that Jesus was God's Messiah sent to save his people and to reestablish the kingdom of his ancestor David. 
But it was now Friday, and Jesus is dead, nailed to a cross along with all of their hopes and dreams. And as they watched his body being taken down and laid into a tomb, they kept wondering, how could this have happened? Has anyone here ever had that experience in your life when things were going along just fine, hope was alive, possibilities abounded, you were in control, and then the next thing you know, you're burying your hope in a tomb, wondering how the life that you knew had been taken away from you so quickly. Maybe it was devastating news that, that completely rocked your world or, or the, uh, a relationship that, that suddenly came to an end or a terrible mistake that cost you far more than you ever could have imagined. Whatever it was, one day your life was on track, headed towards a hopeful future, and then suddenly Friday rolls along and everything comes to a deadly halt. The truth is, you will probably experience many of these death-like moments over the course of your life when it seems as if all hope is gone. And according to our world, that's, that's just the way things are. So you better get used to it. Because death always has the last word. Our stories always come to an end with a period on Friday. That's what our world says. The gospel, however, begs to differ. Because no matter how difficult or painful these experiences might be, no matter how final or definitive the events of the Fridays of our lives might seem, the gospel always changes the period into a comma and adds a but at the end of the sentence, and then the story lives on. When the powers of this world declared that the story of Jesus was over, that all hope was lost, that death had won the day, the power of heaven declared, not so fast. Because there is a big, death-defying but right at the heart of the gospel, and it's called resurrection. And therefore, with God, Friday is no longer the end of our story. And the new chapter that God is writing in our lives always begins with the word, It's Friday, and Jesus is crucified and buried in a tomb. But on the first day of the week, that's how the Easter story begins. Not with a news flash or fireworks or a, you're never going to believe this. No, it begins with the word, but. And whenever that word shows up in Scripture, you better pay attention because it often signifies the divine reversal of all of our expectations. 
And notice, in the first five verses of the Easter story, the word but appears four times. Jesus was buried in a tomb, but on the first day of the week, the women come and find that the stone has been rolled away, but when they went into the tomb, the body was not there. Then two angels appear, and the women fall onto the ground in terror, but the angel said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Four times in five verses. And I realize the word but may seem very insignificant, but be very sure on the lips of Almighty God, it has the power to turn our expectations and indeed our very lives upside down. The women thought that the story was over, but they discovered that a new chapter was being written. They knew that All hope was lost, but they found the stone rolled away and the tomb was empty. They were sure that death had put an end to Jesus, but the angel said to them, don't you remember what he said in Galilee, that he had to be crucified and then on the third day rise again? This was not a a terrible tragedy a horrible mistake that put an end to a beautiful dream. This is what Jesus had intended all along, to die on Friday and to rise on the third day. You know, it's interesting how many significant events take place in Scripture on the third day. It was on the third day as Abraham was just about to sacrifice his son Isaac as God had commanded when God intervened at just the last moment and provided a ram to sacrifice instead. When God led the people out of Egypt and all the way through the wilderness to Mount Sinai, the people had to prepare and purify themselves for two days because on the third day, God appeared before them and gave them the law. According to the Gospel of John, it was on the third day that Jesus performed his very first miracle, the turning of water into wine at the wedding of Cana, and thus inaugurating his ministry and the great banquet in the kingdom of God. And on Friday, Jesus was nailed to a cross and laid in a tomb. But on the first day of the week, the third day, that tomb was now empty. Because to everyone's surprise, heaven had broken into that tomb and conquered death. And that's what Easter is all about. God's surprising intrusion into our lives on the third day, bringing more hope than we know how to handle. Now, our problem is that we we spend so much of our lives in the middle of a three-day story, caught between Friday and Sunday morning, between the death of our hopes and the surprising new life that only the risen Savior can give us. The funny thing about three-day stories, though, is that you don't know that it's a three-day story until Sunday comes. 
Until then, it seems as if your story just simply ends with a period on Friday, standing in front of a hope-shattering tomb. You know, one of the great privileges we have as pastors is to get to witness the unfolding of these three-day stories in people's lives. They come to us often devastated by terrible events that they never imagined could have possibly happened to them. Their marriage has fallen apart and they're looking ahead at possibly decades of loneliness and maybe having to re-enter the workforce and be a single parent. Their child has gotten into terrible trouble and they don't know how to fix it. The medical intervention that they were counting on has not worked out as they had hoped and there are no real options left on the table. That person who meant so much to them is now gone and and they don't even know who they are without them anymore. That job that meant so much to them was suddenly taken away and now they're wondering if they're ever going to work again as the bills continue to pile up on the kitchen table. They're caught between Friday and Sunday with all their hopes hanging on a cross. And when these people come in to to talk to us, they're often looking for answers or for advice or for resources. Sometimes they're looking for prayer for, as everyone knows, we pastors apparently have a a direct line to heaven that no one else seems to have. But sometimes, sometimes they're just looking to borrow someone else's hope on a Friday when all the hope that they had is now lying in a tomb. And what I usually remind them is that though our preference is that God would spare us from all of these death-like experiences in our lives. We just happen to have a God who prefers resurrection. I mean, that means that sometimes it's not until after something in our life has died that we're able to experience the surprising new life that Jesus is just dying to give us. And therefore, just because something has died doesn't mean that our story is over. No, it means that Jesus is writing a new chapter and it begins with but. Because death no longer has any power over him. I mean, this is what Easter is all about. Jesus was dead, but now he's alive forevermore. And one of the great joys of ministry is getting to witness the risen Savior's death-defying work in people's lives. They thought that their story was over on Friday, but on the first day of the week, they discover that the stone has been rolled away and the tomb is empty because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, bringing new hope and new possibilities and new life where there only appeared to be death.
But be very sure, however, Easter does not mean that now God just gives us everything we really wanted all along. Now remember, all the hopes and expectations of those women standing in front of the cross and all the other disciples had to be buried in that tomb if they were ever going to truly understand and experience the earth-shattering power and purpose of the resurrection. I mean, nobody had been looking for a risen Savior. For in our minds, hoping for resurrection means that the plan has failed, that that we have run out of options, that all of our hope has died. And most of us spend an enormous amount of energy doing anything that we can to prevent any kind of death in our lives at any cost. The death of our aspirations, the death of our loved ones, the death of our plans, the death of our careers, the death of our bodies. But trying to avoid death is not the same thing as being truly alive, it's not really living. And besides, none of those things we hold on to can last. And eventually, you're going to have to let go of all of them. And clinging to any of these things for dear life, well, that's just looking for the living among the dead. The truth is, Tuesday or Friday comes to all of our lives. And eventually, you too will have to let go of some of the things that you are counting on to give you life. But we who know that Jesus is risen from the dead do not live our lives on Friday. The events of Friday do not define us and shape who we are because we are Sunday people. And so no matter how difficult a Friday might be, no matter how many Fridays we have to go through in our lives, we know that Friday is not the end of our story because Sunday is coming. It may not look the way we hope or expected it to, but it's coming. Even if our lives and our world so often seem to be stuck on Friday. And it does seem stuck there, doesn't it? It's Friday, and Jesus is dead on a cross along with all of our hopes and dreams. It's Friday, and the coronavirus continues to disrupt our world and claim the lives of more people than any of us could have ever imagined. It's Friday, and gunmen continue to spray bullets across our nation, claiming the lives of so many innocent people with so little being done to stop it. It's Friday, 
And people look around and say, there's nothing you can do to make a difference in this world. Things are never going to change. We're never going to get rid of racism or sexism or nationalism. People are always going to be afraid and hateful towards those who are different from them. There's no point in even trying to make things different. The best thing you can do is just look out for yourself. It's Friday and the forces in our world that oppress the poor and that perpetuate violence think that they are in control, that might makes right, that power is the only thing that matters. Ah, but what they don't know is that that's only on Friday. But what we know is that Sunday's always a coming because there is a big, defiant but right at the heart of the gospel, and it's called resurrection. And that means that we can go through our lives with open hands and hopeful hearts and without fear, because we know that our lives are held securely in the arms of the risen Savior who has power over life and over death. And so even though Cancer may continue to claim our bodies. It cannot destroy our spirits. Dementia may continue to claim our minds, but it cannot take away our identity in Christ. Tragedies may continue to break our hearts, but they cannot take away our hope of new life. Death may continue to claim our lives. But it cannot separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord because death only has power on Friday. And the good news of the gospel is that today is Sunday and the tomb is empty. For the risen Savior is on the move and he's up to all kinds of holy mischief in the lives of those who place their hope and their trust in him and in the power of his resurrection. And he's calling us to stop looking for life among the dead, but to come and follow him in the hope-filled adventure of Easter living. And to boldly proclaim to this world that Friday is no longer the end of the story. That death does not have the last word because the third day has arrived. And Jesus Christ is risen indeed. And because he lives, there will always be hope for tomorrow. So walk away from that tomb. Grab hold of that hope. And start living today. Amen.